I was reading a book this week, and it's a great book, actually a phenomenal book. If you're interested in good books, I encourage you to read Chase the Lion. Chase the Lion. Write that down. It's a great book talking about God-given dreams and how to fulfill them. But he said in there, he says, what is, what is David most known for? What is, his, what is David's life? What effect, what, what part of his life was the most notoriety, had the most notoriety? You know, people immediately think of Bathsheba, right? They think of their fault, his faults. They, they think of his shortcomings, his failing. Well, he was the king of, of Israel. You know, they, you might think of Goliath. Yeah, okay, there we go. Let's talk about Goliath. We, and he said, no, he says, I, I disagree. He says, it's the Psalms. It's where he learned, where he grew and learned how to worship the Lord, wrote it down, and it still affects us today, thousands of years later. It's amazing that the Psalms are, are so powerful and so full of, of life and, and uh, anointing. So, Psalm 56 says, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long. Where are we going with this, Pastor? <laughs> now, when did he write that? When, when did he write Psalm 56? Anybody know when he wrote Psalm 56? If you're not looking in your own Bible, you won't know. But in there it says, uh, gain down, please. Gain, gain down just a tad. We're, we're rumbling. Uh, it was when he was being chased by Saul. Number one, he was being chased by Saul. And he, he was so scared of Saul, guess who he ran to? The Philistines. <laughs> Remember, he had killed Goliath. But he ran... He was so scared of Saul, he ran to the Philistines and he got captured in Gath. And all of a sudden he realized, oh no, now what have I done? Now, and it says that he faked, you know, he, he didn't, well, he faked craziness. He started foaming at the mouth and uttering, walking around in circles and saying crazy things, you know. And so this guy has an opportunity in this moment to be scared to death. I mean, goodness sakes, this is crazy time, okay? So here's why he's writing this. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long. An attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long. For many attack me proudly. Hubris, for those of you who are Facebookers. Proudly. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. There we go. When I'm afraid, when I'm afraid, Paul talked about Peace. He talked about but not, not giving in to fear. It's a, God, God wants to say something this morning. I, I, the Lord's been speaking to me all week about fear, about fear of, of everything. You name it, fear. He says, he goes, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. Say that with me. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? And then let's go down to verse 9. It says, Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God I trust. You know that the U.S. government didn't coin that. But praise God, they put it on our money. It's a statement. It's a statement. Especially when it's a statement. And, you know, who do I trust? 
Wall Street. <laughs> sorry, sorry for anybody who's into investments. I, I apologize. <clears throat> but who do we trust? In God we trust. Amen? In God we trust. Or in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. There it is again. Say it with me. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Amen. Amen. Nothing. Nothing. Well, that works out great on Sunday morning when you're surrounded by 150 other believers and you're all shouting, I shall not be afraid. But tomorrow morning... And we're going to talk about that. I mean, obviously, we're going to switch over really quickly. I'm going to throw out all the easy ones. You know, on, on, well, never mind. I can, just, I can go off on tangents. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy, you can repeat this. You know this by heart. You've heard it so many times. 2 Timothy chapter 1, begin with verse 6. says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. This world right now wants to fill you with fear. Everything about it. Everything about it. Everything about everything. everything. I mean, you probably, if, if you're breathing this morning, more than likely you woke up and had to deal with some fear. Some, some kind of fear tried to come on you. For some of you, we went, oh no, it's Sunday. The thing I have feared the most has come upon me. I have to go listen to Nietzsche preach again. Oh my gosh. Or, how am I going to get to church? I don't have enough money to put gas in my car. Or, 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 you know, there are, there are so many fears out there that when you look up how many, you know, all the different lists of fears, they say, every one of them, I've, I've done my research, every place I look says, this is a partial list of fears. One place was actually honest. They says, anything can be a fear. You can have a fear of anything, and I'll prove it to you, because I wrote down some of my favorites. And we're going we're gonna to go through a list of them. I, I mean, literally, I, I, the list I saw was just voluminous. And many of you have heard of, you know, uh, uh, arachnophobia, which is completely irrational. Until, until you're working in your pole barn and you reach over for a tool and there's a spider this big, this big. And it's like, <gasps> now, there's some things that are healthy fears, right? You know, I mean, I don't want to, you know. Fear or hatred? I'm not sure which one it is. Fear, fear, probably hatred. Probably hatred. You know, fear, whatever. Well, here, here's some of them. These are, these are really awesome. I love these. I mean, and you can tell I'm trying to be funny with these, but these are real. I'm not, I didn't make these up. These are real ones. One is a blutophobia. It's the fear of bathing. Every fifth grade boy in the world has a blutophobia. And some 18-year-olds, and some 30-year-olds. We'll move on. Okay, you're not going to believe this one. I didn't make this up. This is a real one. Anemophobia. Anemophobia. The fear of air. It's real. What does a person do? I mean, at some point, you're going to have to get over it. Or not. Or not, as the case may be. Then we have uh, arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. I can't even say it. It's the fear of peanut butter. 
I am not kidding you. I got this off a of psychological, uh, it's on the internet. It's true. It's got to be true. <laughs> barophobia. Bara, barophobia. The fear of gravity. Now, if you, if you correlate that to gravity causes weight, I get it. Okay, I get it. You know, the fear of getting heavier. All right. Cockophobia. It's the fear of ugliness. Think about it. And I, I was reading some of these to Deb this morning, and she was laughing, and I, and I got to that one. She goes, every woman in the world has that fear. I was like, oh, there you go. And I'm not so sure if she's worried about she being ugly or her husband, you know, being ugly. I'm not. Here's one we can all relate, and I, I came and say this one, but here's one we can all relate with: the chinoyo, chinoyo, no, no, chinono phobia. It's the fear of snow. And now here's a real one. Don't laugh at anybody who has it. It is cholero, cholerophobia. It's the fear of clowns. But then once again, is it fear or hate? I'm not sure which one you, what you, you know, I'm not sure. It's, you know. Ephobophobia, ephobophobia, it's the fear of teenagers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real stuff. Then there's gamophobia, it's the fear of marriage. And then we have my, one of my favorites, but the next one after this is my favorite, but this is one of my favorites, the genu. Genophobia. I had to actually look this up. It's real. Genophobia. It is the fear of knees. Go fig. Now, I can't even say the next one. I can't even say hypnomonobotrostrophobia. Hypnomonobotrostrophobia. You know what that is? It's the fear of long words. Yep. Then we have comonomophobia. It's the fear of buttons. We have the megalophobia. Here's the megalophobia. The megalophobia is the fear of large things. The fear of large things. in my heart yeah. right now. <laughs> there are a few people that make me feel petite, okay? <laughs> but Michael's one of them. Here's another cool one. This one's fun. You're going to laugh, but you, this is real. I'm not making these up. There is the nomophobia. The nomophobia. It's the fear of not having a... Of a the fear... Go ahead. A fear of being without your mobile phone. The nomophobia. I'm not kidding you. They, I don't know who does this. <sighs> the filmatophobia is the fear of kissing. The philophobia is the fear of love. The phobophobia. The phobophobia is the fear of phobias. The scotophobia is the fear of being stared at. Let's test it. Let's test it. Who? Everybody stare at Wayne. 
Everybody online, stare at Wayne. Tachophobia is the fear of speed, but I have definitely beat that one at all times. As long as I have a car or a bike or something like that. The technophobia, the fear of technology. The thalassophobia, the fear of the ocean. Now, you might think, well, it's the fear of the ocean. You know, you love to sit on the beach and watch the ocean. That, I, that's not what we're talking about. How many of you have ever swam in the ocean? Ever swam in the How many have ever swam past, oh, say, 50 feet of the beach of, a, of, of an ocean? Anybody ever scuba dive or snorkeled? I hate, I literally hate scuba dive. I know I've never scuba dive, snorkeling. You get out there and immediately, it's just like everything out there wants to kill you and eat you. I just don't like it. I, do, I mean, I get that one, man. I just don't. I, I like sitting on the beach watching the ocean gently lap up and laughing at it. But then there is the trichophobia, the fear of hair. Vena... The Venus traphobia, the fear of beautiful women. <laughs> then there is the Zyger phobia, fear of vacuum cleaners. <laughs> Admitting it is the first step. Admitting it is the first step. Literally, there was an A to Z. There was an A to Z of phobias. It's out there. It's, it's, and then there are, there's actually an, a couple more that I want to share with you. They're not in alphabetical order like I did the last ones, but they are, they are real, real fears. There's the skull phobia. Skull phobia. And that is the fear of the Vikings! <laughs> or, here's the other side of it, the skull law. Phobia, the scola phobia, the fear that the Vikings are going to break your heart again by the end of the year. It's real. It's real. Okay. All right. I'll quit doing that. As I was researching fear, it's kind of fun to laugh at fear, isn't it? It's fun to laugh. It's not not always easy, but it's it's fun. I found uh, found this on the Mayo website. It says common anxiety. Common anxiety signs and symptoms of anxiety. Feeling nervous, restless, or tense. Having a sense of impending danger, danger, panic, or doom. Having an increased heart rate. Breathing rapidly. Some of you are starting to do it as I talk about it. Sweating, trembling, feeling weak or tired. Trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than the present worry having trouble sleeping, experiencing gastrointestinal problems, having difficulty controlling worry, having the urge to avoid things that trigger anxiety. You know, you can go your whole life trying to stay away from things. And then what do you do? You do nothing. Because the world is full of danger, of pain of suffering. One of the most powerful discussions of this, and, and, and we need to understand it in context, is found in John chapter 14. Jesus is speaking to His 
disciples. A lot happens between John chapter 12 and John chapter 21. And it happens within about a day. About a day. 24-hour period. He He goes from, you know, a week earlier, coming into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey and being hailed as the the coming king. They were so sure that that's what was about to happen that even the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees are yelling, make them stop, make them stop. And Jesus said, if I tell them to stop, the rocks are going to cry out. Because this is going to happen. This is going to happen. They were afraid of the Messiah coming. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that they were afraid of a Messiah coming that that they couldn't control? And they're still afraid of Him. They are. They're still afraid of Him. But Jesus is is talking to them on the night night He was betrayed. This is the Last Supper. He's telling these last-minute things. He goes, I only have a short time, guys. i got to tell you some things, some things you need to hear. And so everything you read between 12, 13, 14 for sure until uh, 17 where he prays uh, for his disciples and prays for us, everything in there, you need to read that. Because that's kind of like Jesus' last words. I got a few last words I got to tell you. And this is what he's saying. And he, but he's saying here in John chapter 14, so just put this in context, he is in uh, the, the, the upper room, he's, he's sharing, he knows what's about to happen. He knows because he's read Psalms. He's read Psalms. Psalm chapter 20, Psalm chapter 21. He didn't have chapters back then, but that's what he was reading about the crucifixion of the Messiah. Being destroyed, being beaten, being pierced in his side. I mean, everything that was going to happen in the next 12 to 16 hours, he read about it his whole life. And he knew, it's me. And he knows, going into this meal, he knows what's about to happen shortly after. And yet he says this. John chapter 14, beginning with verse 25, says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance that I have said to you, that all that I have said to you, Peace, say peace. Peace Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. My goodness. This man was about to go and be beaten. He knew there was a crown of thorns coming. He knew that he was going to be ridiculed. He knew he was going to be stripped. He knew he was going to have to carry his cross out of the city. He knew that they were going to whip him mercilessly and beat him with rods and beat him with with staffs. That they were going to punch and kick and spit on him. He knew. He knew. I mean, if you knew. I I don't want to be morbid, but I want you to hear this. I, I have a really hard time watching any kind of movie or show where it talks about a man's last hours before execution. Because I, I mean, I'm, when I watch that, it just becomes, I mean, just, I just, I see that. I, I, the, 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 what you're looking at is, I, I mean, I have hours or I have minutes 
left in my life. And just that the, the weightiness of that. Jesus is saying these things while experiencing that. My peace I give to you. Wow. That's just that's supernatural. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away, and I will come to you. That's a real simplified version of what's about to happen. Hey guys, I'm going to leave for a bit. But I'm coming back. How could he say that? How could he just say, well, hey guys, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hang, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be gone for a bit. Don't worry about it. Be, have peace. But I'm coming back. He, he understood that because he had read the rest of the word. And he knew the Messiah would rise again. David said in the Psalms, my Holy One will not see decay. He trusted the word. He trusted God's plan for his life. He trusted the word. He trusted God's plan for his life. I'm going to say it again. He trusted the word. And he trusted God's plan for his life. Can you trust the word? Can you trust God's plan for your life? Okay, now let's put it in context. Somebody told me recently that the stock market was doing some crazy things. I talked to one guy recently. He said he lost $90,000 in the last two weeks. It was interesting. Because he didn't sound scared. He goes, ah, I'll be all right. How can he say that? How can he say Because he knows, he knows God. He knows the Word. And he knows God's plan for him, he trusts him. How do we go through these real life? Now, you know, we laughed. We laughed at fear of knees. Come on. But you know what? I've never seen a really ugly knee. I mean, maybe there is something to be afraid of. We laugh at fear of air. We laugh. But you know what? There's people that really deal with this. And your fear is not a better fear than their fear. Or a worse fear than their fear. Fear is fear. And he said, fear not. Now, now <laughs> I, 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 I prayed this, or I, and I, sh- I shouldn't say it. I, all week long, do you know what I prayed? Lord, don't, don't make me talk about politics again. Lord, please not let this sermon be about politics again. Please. I don't want to deal with politics I just I want to talk about something else. And he said, okay, talk about fear. <laughs> Yay. Fear of politics. <laughs> because there's some real fear that needs to be dealt with in the area of politics. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. I'm going to talk about politics again. I'm so sorry. But not, not the way you think I'm going to. Because it's the fear of, this fear of, if that person is in office, oh my gosh. This world is doomed. Well, here's the truth. This world is doomed. <laughs> it, it just is. It's just, it is doomed. The earth 
The physical earth, the, the world system is doomed. But if we don't, if, maybe if we can get the right guy in or gal, praise God, I, I'm actually, I would love to vote for the, a woman. There's some, there's some women's names I would love to put on that list. I just saw, I, I, this, I'm sorry, I'm going to go off. I saw an interview this week where they were interviewing people about why they don't think we've had a woman president and why we, don't, why we won't have one. And they were talking about, oh, men fear women. No. Man, put somebody good on there and I'll vote for them. And I'll give you the list. Come on. Where was I? Coming back now. Coming back. Fear. Fear, if the right person isn't in there, if my guy or my gal is not in there, this country is doomed. No, this country is doomed. It will burn one day. When it will burn, that's, that's you know, that's not, yeah, that's God's deal. Now, what do we do over here? We have to be stewards of what he's given us. We have to be stewards of, of what he has entrusted. And he has entrusted Americans with the right to be a part of our governmental system. I had this awesome thought. I'm gonna, this has nothing to do with the sermon. has nothing to do with anything. But as, I, I, as I've been praying about this thing, about this, I had this awesome thought. You can throw it out. Ignore me. I don't, this, isn't, this isn't partisan. This isn't anything. I just had this thought. I want to encourage every single one of us. And I'm going to do it. I had to decide if I was going to do it. If I, if I, if I say I encourage you guys to do it, then I, then I need to do it. I, I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am actually going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to be an election judge. Thank you for that rousing, rousing. Like I said, it had nothing to do with fear. Well, maybe it is fear because, but I, if we just, why are we complaining about any of this if we're not going to be involved in the system? Get involved in the system. I don't care what side of the party you're. I don't care what you what whether liberal. I'm gonna I'm gonna register as an independent because I don't care. I mean I care, but I don't care. I don't I don't like either one. As a whole, I don't like either one. But I love America. But I also love truth, honesty, integrity, life. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. But I thought, you know what? If every Christian would volunteer and be a part of the system and go, you know, you just go and meet your community. Meet your neighbors. That's how you meet your neighbors. What's your name? Oh, where do you live? Oh, I live right down the road from you. I never haven't even met you yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to go be a, an election judge. Once. Well, I'm not promising beyond that. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Just think if every, every believer in every church, man, I trust you guys. I trust you to go be an election judge. You should go be an election judge. All right, I'll stop. All right, back to fear. If my, if my person, if my vote doesn't win election for whomever I think should be in whatever spot, does that stop the plan of God? Does it affect the plan of God? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Isn't that an interesting thought? I've had that thought. Turn to Ezra. It's going to take me a moment to find it. Ezra is the book that we're reading right now in 
nope, nope, wrong book. I saw EZ, and it, was, it came up as Ezekiel. I don't need Ezekiel. Where's Ezra? It's in there. Ezra. Ezra chapter 4. We just read Ezra. Anybody who's reading through the one year, the one year reading, you read Ezra 4, 5, and 6 today. Or you should have, or you're going to. I'm going to give you a heads up. Ezra 4, 5, and 6. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's not going to, you're not getting off that easy. But Ezra 4, 5, and 6 tells a really amazing story. The, the story is this, and, I, and, and help me with those of you who have read it, and if I get a name wrong, you just you know, yell out the right name and I'll trust you. But King Cyrus, King Cyrus, or was it Darius? Help me. Who sent them the first time? Who sent them and, and gave a letter and said, go rebuild the temple? Cyrus. Cyrus. Okay, so King Cyrus tells the exiles. The exiles had been in Babylonia for, for 70 years. They had been there for 70 years. They had been removed from Israel as punishment by God. And he said, you're going to be, you're going to, the land is going to lay fallow for 70 years. So he sends them to Babylonia. And they're weeping and they're wailing and they're remember, trying to remember what it was like and they're so sorry. And for 70 years, they suffer. They, they are away from the promised land. They're away from God's promise to them. They're away from the, the temple. They're away from Jerusalem. After 70 years, the prophets begin to prophesy that it's going to change. The time is up. And so they, so Cyrus, they talk to Cyrus. Cyrus decides, yeah, you can go back and build your temple. That's a miracle. Okay? Number one. So we'll put it in context. They're in, they're in, uh, uh, exile. They're, they're, they've been removed forcibly by war. They've been removed forcibly by war into bondage. And after 70 years, usually after 70 years, people forget it and give up. But God doesn't give up when things are going not, not the way we think they should go. After 70 years, a king comes along and King Cyrus says, you know what, why don't you guys go back and build your temple? And everybody cheered. Woo! And he goes, I'll even pay for it. Do you know God can move an ungodly king to pay for the plan of God to be fulfilled? God can do anything, guys. So they go back, and they're rejoicing, and they're awesome, and they're so happy, and they get back there. But then there's people left in Samaria. Do you remember the, the Samaritans? You ever wondered why Jews, the Jews back then hated Samaritans? Well, you're going to find out why. Because the Samaritans don't want the Jews to come back. They've had their own country for 70 years. They don't want, the, they don't want those guys coming back here. And, they, and, and so they see them coming back, they see them rebuilding the temple, and they get upset. And they go tell them, and they said, quit building the temple. You shouldn't be building the temple. You guys go home. They tried to discourage, this chapter 4 says, they tried to discourage the Israelites, the Jews coming back to rebuild the temple. And they couldn't do it because the Jews are going, no way, we're rebuilding this temple. We've waited 70 years. We're going to rebuild this temple. And we have a letter from King Cyrus that says we can do it. So Cyrus, or so, so the, the Jews are saying no way, and they went back to building the temple. They went back to doing what God said to do. And so the Samaritans get upset. They get their own lawyers. Praise God for lawyers. They get their own lawyers, and they write up a draft. They send it to King Cyrus. They said, King Cyrus, you should look back in your records 
Because if you look back in your records, you're going to find out that this city, this town, this, this, these people who are rebuilding this, they're evil people. They're terrible people. And they're going to, they're going to, once they build their temple, once they rebuild their wall, they're going to rebel against you. And so they, they, their lawyers wrote up another draft. They sent it off to the king. The king reads and goes, oh my gosh. And they said, if you don't believe us, look back in your own records. So he looked back in his own records. And he's like, whoa, these people are rebellious. These people don't pay their taxes. These people don't do this. That's it. He sends a letter and says, stop building the temple. You can't build the temple anymore. Stop building the temple. Quit building and we're not going to pay for it anymore. And so the Jews get discouraged and they quit building the temple. Then God speaks to the prophets. And he says, hey prophets, tell my people to start building that temple again. I didn't tell you to quit. You keep doing what I told you to do. And so they started building. They got all upset. And so then the, the Samaritans came back and said, hey you guys, you're not supposed to be building the temple. We have a piece of paper that says you can't build the temple anymore. And the Jew says, I don't care. God told us to build the temple. We're going to build the temple. And they said, if you don't tell, if you don't stop building the temple, we're going to go send another letter to Cyrus, and we're going to tell Cyrus that we're going to, nah, 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 we're going to tell Cyrus, <laughs> we're going to tell the government. <laughs> and the Jew says, tell you what, we'll slow down. We'll write a letter telling them we're rebuilding the temple. You don't, don't, you don't have to. We're going to write the letter this time. We'll tell them, we'll tell them we're rebuilding it. So they write the letter. They say, rebuild the we're rebuilding the temple. We're going to rebuild the temple. God told us to rebuild the temple. And it just in, in case you don't know, look back in your records, because by this point, God had removed Cyrus and put, replaced him with Darius. You know, God can put a person in and take them out anytime he wants. So by the time they send their letter back to Darius, there's a new king in town, and they said, King Darius, just want to let you know we're rebuilding the temple. And if you want to look back in your records, Cyrus wrote a letter saying we should rebuild the temple. You see the irony? Isn't this beautiful? I'm, re I'm, I'm reading this, and I'm just laughing, because I'm like, hey, hey, look in there, there's a letter that talks. And so they went back to their records, and they're going through their... I, I have this vision of, of, uh, of uh, uh, Gandalf going through those paper scrolls <laughs> in... in, uh, in uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings, but I'm trying to think of the tower. The, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, but he's going, they go through all the scrolls and they go, hey, we, there's a letter that says, Cyrus says, go build a temple. They didn't find the one that says, stop building the temple. Isn't that amazing? That one fell underneath the couch, you know, couch and the cats ate it. And... God's not worried about a piece of paper. His job, when he says it's time to do something, he's going to do it. He doesn't care who's in office. He doesn't care who's running things. It says that God sits in the heavens and laughs. Because the psalmist, we're in Psalms, the psalmist writes, why do the nations rage against your Holy One? Why do they plot? Why do they plot evil? David's writing this going, why is everybody fighting against you, God? And then he writes, and the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs. And I'm not just, I'm not, it's not a giggle. It's a, it's a belly laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Really, you think? 
Sorry. Why do we why do we put so much stock? How many of you read, have ever read the Bible? How many how many of you ever read Revelations? You've read in Revelations where the mark of the beast is coming, right? The mark of the beast is coming. Years ago I used to be really afraid of the mark of the beast. Because if you have if you don't take the mark of the beast, you can't buy or sell or eat. Because they said that's what's going to happen in the world. But I'm not afraid of that anymore. Couldn't care less. Bring it on. You're going, what do you mean bring it on? I don't care. Why? Because I know the rest of the Bible that says that God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I know him. I know his word. And that doesn't go, go null and void when somebody goes, well, if you don't take the mark, you're not going to eat. And... They don't care. God doesn't care that the world is falling apart. He will, he will provide miraculously for you. Financially. He doesn't care what the stock market does. I mean, invest. Be wise. You know you can make money during the stock market? You know, when the stock market crashes? You can make money at doing that. He can give you wisdom. It's called shorting. I don't know anything about it. I just like using the big word and everybody thinks I'm smart. But you bet that stuff doesn't, that, that stuff's gonna go down. So you bet that stuff goes down and you make money. It's, he can give you that wisdom. He can tell you when to sell. He can tell you when to buy. He can tell you when to give. Fear. Fear tries to paralyze you to the point where you will not move. Fear cannot win. It cannot win if you continue to trust God and continue to move forward. Now, I think, I, I wasn't planning on a series. I really wasn't. But I think, it's, I think he, wants to, he wants us to chew on this for a while. He does not want you living in fear. Fear of anything. Fear of knees or fear of the economy. He doesn't want you fearing air or a coronavirus, neither of which you can see. That's, that's, that's how much power that thing has. Get away from me. Name, name of Jesus, by his stripes I am healed. I was healed, I am healed, I will always be healed. I will die one day. It's going to happen. I don't, I don't discount that. But when I die, it'll be when I'm ready, when I'm old, and I'll be happy. I'll be satisfied. It's time for me to go. And people will be sad, some, <laughs> a couple. But it won't be sad because, oh my gosh, it's so tragic. It'll be, I'm going to miss him for a couple of, until Jesus returns. We can't, we, if we fear those things, if we walk in fear, it will paralyze you. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this morning, we're going to have the, the elders and some others coming up to pray. And I just, I, I, as I was praying about this this week, as I was, pray, as I was preparing and everything, I really feel that it, there's some things that you need to, to get prayer for about fear. Now, here's how I want you to do it, because I want to make, I want to be very clear on how to do this. I don't want you to come up and, and just weep and wail and, oh my gosh, I'm so afraid of this. No. Because that's not what it's about. 
You can declare it. Say, hey, I've been, I've been afraid of this. I've been afraid of losing all my money in the stock market. I've been afraid of losing my family. I've been afraid of, I have been afraid of this. I choose today to not be afraid. Agree with me, person who's praying with me. Agree with me that I will not walk in fear from this day forward. Stand with me. I'm declaring I will not be afraid. I mean, there, there's been a many times in my life, many times, where I've had to stand up and say, I declare, I will not fear this. And I'm going to move forward. One of them, and I keep thinking of this, and just now it just came back to my memory again. One of them is when my son was born. He was born premature. Everybody knows about that. Not everybody, but he was born premature. Uh, he was on ventilators. He was on a heart thing. He was on all, kind, all kinds of drugs. Five weeks in the NICU, the whole thing. Well, that, that can put some fear in you. When you're just feeling so powerless because you can't do anything other than pray, praise God. We have a God who He knows. He knows. And they, and they try to tell you all the things to fear. All the things. He, he may not thrive. He may be blind. He may not hear. Yeah, well, we, were, we had just been told he may be deaf. We don't know, but he may be deaf. And I'm sitting holding him. I'm speaking over him. I said, you will, not, you will be whole praying for him, and, and the nurse dropped a tray of something behind me, and he jumped in my arms. I went, he can hear. <laughs> he could be this, he could be that, he could be, they could do that, blah, 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 whatever. He got, we got sent home with him on a heart monitor. Beep, 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 beep. And we, you know, this thing was going, and if it didn't, if it, his heart would stop every once in a while, because, because his, his heart didn't, it was born premature, didn't know it was supposed to beat all the time, yet. So it, it, would, it would stop every once, and if it stopped, you just kind of shake him or whatever. You know, my, my father-in-law was very, very uh, uh, jealous, because he, in the hospital, Ethan was on a, on a, mor- or a, a caffeine drip, he was on a caffeine drip right into his vein to you know, speed up the heart. Jim was like, how can I get one of them? He says, <clears throat> But we, you know, we don't want to, I don't want to go home. The kid's on a monitor. I, don't, I mean, what am I supposed to do? I'm not a doctor. How am I supposed to? Well, and I have all this anxiety, all this fear. Some of it was based on true, you know, on reality. Anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. And then, well, you know, so we'd lay him down at night, and he's in the other room, and there's the, you can, the monitor's on, and you're making sure everything's plugged in, and you're, and you're laying in bed, and I would lay in bed going, I hope he doesn't die. I hope he doesn't die. You're a parent. You're, any parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. Hope he doesn't die. I don't want him to die, God. I, don't want, I want him to live. I want him, and I, and I, I was having trouble sleeping. Symptom. I was having trouble thinking. I was, and that's all I thought about. Is I just couldn't get it out of my head. I don't want him to die. I don't want him to die. And one night I'm laying there and I'm going, I don't want him to die. I don't, Lord, I just, I don't want him to die. And all of a sudden, beep, 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 and the monitor goes off. And I went, oh, he's dying. And I jump out of bed and I run down the hallway and I get into the room. I turn on the light and there he is laying there with all the leads in his hand going, ah. <laughs> he had ripped the leads. And I went, you know what, kid? You're going to live. All right, we're out of here. <laughs> and I chose that night, I'm not going to fear anymore. I said, God, he's in your hands. He's in your hands. He's going to live. No, I'm not going to make him stand up. No. Little guy. Go ahead, stand up. (laughs) 
the doc, the doctors used to tell us, you know, we're, we're, you know, he may not thrive, he may not thrive. Well, we still tell each other, I don't know. Do you think he's going to thrive? I don't know. <laughs> we can't li- don't live in fear. I mean, yeah. We'll we'll talk more about this because God wants us to really. He, why? Because he don't, he wants us to move forward. He wants us to move forward. He wants us to fulfill our destiny. He wants us to finish what he told us to finish. He told the Israelites, go build the temple, and he didn't say stop. Go finish that temple. He's telling you to do something, and Satan is trying to use everything. You're going to die, you're going to die, so you might as well focus on that. No, no. The promise of God is, he, he told me he wanted me to do something, I'm not going anywhere until that's finished. And then, if he gives me something else, I'm not going until that's finished. And you keep moving forward. Amen? Amen.